Sing along the butterfly chorus. Egg larva pupa adult. If you wait long enough, you're gonna see results. The life cycle of a butterfly gives hope of new life. Egg larva pupa adult. If you wait long enough, you're gonna see results. The life cycle of a butterfly gives hope of new life. Cycles. They repeat over and over, round and round, and can continue forever. We see them in the lives of insects, people, animals, and wait, speaking of all different kinds of creatures, it's time for Micah's mystery creature reveal. Hi, this is Micah. It's my part of the podcast, and um, Mr. Animal Reveal, it's going to be a snake of some type. What? What kind of snake? A black mamba, of course. It's a snake, and it's very poisonous. It it can kill um, a human with two drops of its poisonous. Hi, I'm Heidi Illion, English teacher and homeschooling mom, and this is Brilliant Mornings. Join us as we jumpstart our day in a way that celebrates learning and breeds imagination. We work quickly through calendar, math, poetry, reading, geography, science, and of course, our mystery story. Please feel free to pause the podcast or listen several times to answer questions and learn the songs. Read the podcast notes to prepare for each day. Remember to check out our Instagram, Brilliant Mornings, to see pictures, videos, and visuals for the lesson. Thanks for joining us. We are closely watching the life cycle of the butterflies we've adopted. They are little chrysalises hanging from a thread and changing into butterflies on the inside. Since my family loves being outside, we're also watching another cycle closely, that of the seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall. This week, although it's supposed to be spring, it actually snowed. This is very shocking to New Jersey residents for the month of May. The cycle of seasons goes on and on, just like life cycles. And poets, composers from hundreds of years ago, and songwriters from today love to write about the seasons. Each season is beautiful in a different way. As I say the seasons, I want you to yell out your favorite part of each one. Ready? Winter. Oh, I think I heard someone yell something about sledding and ice skating. Spring. Did I hear someone yell, flowers blooming? Weather getting warmer? Summer. Well, Arabella had something to say about summer. My favorite season is summer because it's mostly like hot. You can take off, take off the snow here because it's not snow on you. Okay, what do we love about fall? Did I hear someone say apple picking, pumpkins, Thanksgiving, leaves falling? Hundreds of years ago, an Italian composer named Antonio Vivaldi wrote a special work of music that is still a favorite today. It's called The Four Seasons. It has four parts called concerti. Each one is written for a different season, and the music shows the sounds, events, and feelings of each different season. 
we are listening to a duet version of the concerto called Spring, or La Primavera. Do you hear notes that make you think of birds singing? Do you hear streams rushing and talking in the breeze? Do you hear rain? Vivaldi wrote poems about the seasons to go with his music. We took some of his ideas and put our own words to the melody to help us always identify that this work is about spring. The words will go like this. The springtime has arrived, and the birds all sing her return with festive song. The springtime has arrived, the flowers bloom in the field, and the leaves form on the trees. The streams murmur in the breezes, the streams murmur in the breezes, the breezes, and thunderstorms roll in. Sing along. The springtime has arrived, and the birds all sing her return with festive song. The springtime has arrived, the flowers bloom in the field, and leaves form on the trees. The streams murmur in the breezes, the streams murmur in the breezes, the breezes and thunderstorms roll in. We'll practice this a couple of times throughout the week so that whenever you hear this beautiful work of art, you will know what it is. Now I'd love to share with you the English William Blake's poem called Spring. This is the first stanza. He says, sound the flute, now it's mute. Birds delight, day and night. Nightingale in the dale, lark in sky, merrily, merrily, merrily to welcome the year. Listen closely. We have some long vowels in this poem. A long vowel is a vowel that says its own name. So listen to this word, mute. Do you hear that the U says its own name, mute? That's because what I call magic E is at the end of the word. Magic E has that special power to make a vowel, one or two letters before it, say its own name. Let's look at the word flute. Flute. The U is also saying long U, flute, rather than uh flut, right? So that's because magic E is at the end of this word as well. Listen to the next two pairs of rhyming words. Delight, night. Are these words saying long I? Delight, night. I, delight. Yes. It's not saying delit, and it's not saying knit, right? It's saying delight and night. There is no magic E on delight. Instead, we have the I-G-H-T chunk in delight and night. In this chunk, the I says its name. It's a long I. Now let's look at the next two pairs of rhyming words. Nightingale, Dale. Listen to the A. Ale. Is it saying its own name? Yes, it is. It's not saying al, which would be a short A. It's saying ale. And in the word dale, the same thing is happening. 
A is saying its name. It's a long A. This is because magic E is at the end of these two words. Nightingale in the dale. Now you'll want to write these out or look at the Instagram where they will be posted. So I'm going to read the first couple of lines again. Listen for the long vowels. Those are the ones that are saying their names. Sound the flute. Now it's mute. Birds delight day and night. Nightingale in the dale. Lark in sky. Merrily, merrily, merrily to welcome the year. Try reading all of these words today by yourself. And now it's time to introduce our number of the week, 18. This is an even number. It divides evenly into nine and nine. Let's say the numbers together. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. And now listen to the numbers in German from our friend Quinn from Germany. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, neun, zehn, elf, zwölf, dreizehn, vierzehn, fünfzehn, sechzehn, siebzehn, achtzehn. Thank you, Quinn. And now we have a mystery country to reveal, don't we? Our mystery country is just east of the prime meridian line on the globe. It's on the continent of Europe. The north, or top of the country, borders the North Sea and the Baltic Sea, just like Poland did. It must be Poland's neighbor. Some Americans would know this country for its bratwurst, which is like hot dogs, or its beer, or maybe its sauerkraut. Others might think of apfelstrudel, an apple cake, Others would say this country is famous for lederhosen, leather shorts that are held up by suspenders. All of these certainly can be found in... Germany! Germany! However, the country of Germany, or Deutschland, is much more than beer and Wurst. It is a beautiful land with a long history, an ancient language, and a people that are determined, hardworking, and precise. Quaint German cities contain old cathedrals, some of the first universities in Europe, and beautiful architecture. You can visit medieval castles throughout the land. Thick forests spread throughout parts of the country, like the west and the south. The Black Forest is one of the most famous, and the Alps mountain range is at the very south of Germany with breathtaking views. Germany has nine neighbor countries, Poland, the Czech Republic, Switzerland, Austria, France, Belgium, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands and Denmark in the north. Now let's join the pizza and poetry group, which has just landed at an airport in Basel, Switzerland, right next to Germany. They've made a joyous reunion with their friend Quinn and his parents who will accompany them on their adventure. 
We are now at the meeting point of three countries, Switzerland, Germany, and France, smiled Micah's mother, Mrs. I, as she addressed the group. We are going through Switzerland into the Black Forest of Germany to deliver the armor to its first stop, a special meeting of historians. These are people who study history. After a hike in the Black Forest, we'll go up to Heidelberg to the oldest university in Germany from 1386. That's a hundred years before Da Vinci or Copernicus even lived. At this university, history students will examine the armor and their teachers called professors will explain how it was made. We're also going up to Bremen. As Mrs. I read the schedule, Teo Quinn and Micah became distracted by a silly looking man with a mop of curly hair. He wore funny leather shorts with thick suspenders and he had dark eyes. He had been staring at the group for several minutes now. Those are called lederhosen, Quinn explained. They are leather, which is very strong so that people could do hard work in them. Normally, most people don't really wear them in Germany anymore, only when they're dressing up for a German holiday or something. The children jumped into one van and the Metropolitan Museum staff and the guards jumped into another van with the armor. The boys saw that the man in Lederhosen had jumped into a car and followed them. He stayed close on their tail as they made their way to their first special meeting of historians. As they drove, they asked Quinn's mother to tell them what she had discovered about Germans during her time living here. Americans may be known for excess, but as I see it as an American living in Germany, the Germans have plenty of excess in their lives. Speed, for instance, is something that is essential and at times limitless. Cars are meant to be driven high speed in many scenarios, including short distances and around curves. Knowledge is something the Germans cannot get enough of. I often find myself asking my husband, who is German, for info as anyone else would ask Alexa or Siri. Five-year-olds contradict me at times because it is so common to have lively conversations about what something is or how it works. Travel is something Germans cannot get enough of either. We have traveled throughout Europe and I have never been somewhere where we didn't meet Germans not too different from popular destinations in America. Wow, said Micah. I hope we get to go 175 miles per hour on the highway here, he said. At this moment, the group arrived at their meeting hall and helped set up the exhibition. They caught a glimpse of the Lederhosen man taking pictures of their armor. After the group had showed off the Maximilian armor to the many excited men and women at the meeting, who examined it closely and made many speeches in German, the children left for a special excursion, hiking at Feldberg, the tallest mountain peak in Germany outside of the Alps. They snacked on rolls called Brötchen with cold-cut meats and cheeses as they made their way up through the black forest trees. I can't walk anymore, Grace and Jonathan suddenly complained. It's too high. The other children also began to moan, but their parents urged them the view at the top will be worth it. Don't give up. Step by step, they continued sipping on waters and distracting themselves with stories from Germany. We have to be tough, said Theo, like the ancient German tribes from 2,000 years ago. Do you know that they fought the powerful Roman Empire with its legions of well-trained soldiers all the way back when Emperor Augustus was the ruler, around the time when Jesus lived? They even beat the powerful Romans in the Battle of the Teutoburg Forest. Yet, they were tough and strong people, you know, said Teo. Even though the German tribes lost a lot of battles, they kept fighting the Romans for hundreds of years until they were weaker. They finally helped to destroy the Roman Empire. 
Tired, with muscles aching, the children finally reached the top of the mountain and gasped. This is gorgeous, Peyton screamed, viewing the mountains and the black forest around them. Everyone plopped onto the ground in awe of the beauty around them. It was worth it, they all yelled. Late that night, the children were just checking into their hotel rooms when Teo spotted the later hosen man at their hotel. He ducked behind a wall just as Teo called to him. What is he doing here? At that moment, a woman in a red coat jumped up from a table. Claire looked at her suspiciously. Hey, she was at the airport with us as well. Is she following us too? The woman walked up to them and said, I want you to leave your job with this armor and come work for me. She said matter-of-factly. Bewildered and tired, the group stared at her. Who are these mysterious people trying to get the pizza and poetry group to stop protecting the armor? Is it ever a good idea to quit a job before you're done? Or to quit a mission or a hike before the reward at the end? Today, look for ways that you can use determination, which means the ability to stay focused and keep going, even when you have something hard to do. It will be worth it at the end. Today, read about the seasons and see if you can find out two things. Why does earth have seasons? And what were some of the seasons in Germany's history? We'll find out next time. This recording was produced by Heidi Illion with intro and outro music by Matt Greikar. Guest star Micah appeared with his mystery creature. Guest star Arabella appeared. And thank you to our overseas guest stars, Terry and Quinn, who joined us all the way from Germany.